Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins a three-pointer, puts it in. A 15-point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The doctor TC Martin launches. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Thursday, continuing on with you. Football already. Preseason football already tonight. You got the Hall of Fame game. Remember back in the day, people were going, all right, it's it's starting. It's great. It's here. All right. I'm not feeling that tonight, especially with the Browns and the Jets. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's see if uh, our good friend Scott Spritzer has any action on this game tonight. I'll say minus 180 to the no. All right. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Las Vegas Aces getting ready for the New York Liberty on Sunday. Looking forward to that. On the way to NYC, and a guy who knows a thing or two about New York City, who was drafted by those New York Knickerbockers, the seven-footer, the five-time NBA champ, three as a player, two as a coach, my man Big Bill Cartwright. What is happening? Uh, I think it's interesting. You're going to you're going to New York mm-hmm. because we we got to know you're not a New York kind of guy. Uh, it's, it's a great city, fun. Uh, it's got everything there. It's a, it's a great vacation place. Um, it's not really for me to live there, but uh, it's, it's a fun, fun city. So I'm really curious. When you get to New York City, what do you what do you do when you go to New York? What do you think about? Do you go to plays? I, I love plays. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what so do you, what, I, do you, what I, do you got play on? Well, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that, but first I'm gonna go back to what you said. Why do you say that I'm not a a, a New York guy? Now, what 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 makes you say that? I'm very curious. Because I know where you're from, for one thing. Right. I know right. exactly where you're from. Right. You're from right down the road from where I am right now. Exactly. Exactly. And there's no there's no there's no buildings that there's no uh, 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 things that that reflect anything about New York. So no, that is not your kind of city that way. But I am curious because it is a fun city. It is. It is. It, uh, there's it, a lot to do. So when you go to New York, what do you what do you do? What do you like? I, well, here you go. When I go to New York, it's usually uh, it, it's kind of repetitious. All right, and I'm going to do it this trip too. So obviously, I'm going. I'm going for work. Uh, granted, uh, it's sports related. So I tie in sports and I tie in entertainment. Uh, entertainment, because as you know, that's what I love to do. So yes. Going to a Broadway play, uh, really looking forward to that. Um, I also will uh, get in a Yankees game. Oh, by the way, who do you think the Yankees happen to be playing this weekend? Take a wild guess. I uh, can't be Houston. It is Houston. How about that? How lucky did I get? I mean, they only go there once a year. It happens to be on the same weekend. And then, of course, we got the Aces and the Liberty, the top two teams in the WNBA. So that is my weekend, my friend. Broadway play, Yankees Astros, Liberty Aces, and plenty of food. And so I really love going to good restaurants, do a lot of homework. What I do is I reach out, like I did to you earlier today, and I never got a response, of Give me some good New York food spots so I could put that, you know, on the calendar in the rotation or at least under consideration. And that's what I do. I like hanging out, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, Times Square. Um, and I'll give you a little of this too that I like. I like actually trying to spend a little bit of time on the water, a little, you know, get out to the water. I like taking those boat rides, um, you know, out there. Um, 
I remember getting drenched. I went on the speedboat ride one year there on the Hudson, and that's a little scary because you know all of that uh, water that's getting on you is is coming from the Hudson. I'm not sure it's a, it's the best water there, you know. But I like summertime in New York City. Believe it or not, you know, give me give me sunshine, give me 80 degrees, and uh, give me all of that. So yeah, that's that's what I do. So I'm curious, what's what's the play you're gonna gonna see? I know there's a a, a play about Neil Diamond. So there. Um, what do you what do you, what I, do you see? So you you know you're it's funny you say that because uh, usually when I when I go to New York I like to take in I saw Motown the Motown uh, uh, Broadway musical there. Uh, way back when I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of musical theater there, but this one has kind of got a little special meaning, uh, to my daughter, Jules. Um, we're going to see parade. And the reason why that has a special meaning, because as you know, she athlete slash, you know, theater major. And when she got into UNLV at the theater program, her go-to piece for auditioning is a very riveting song from that play Parade. So whenever she needs to audition, which she auditions, you know, quite a bit for, um, you know, for different theater roles, uh, that's one of her go-to pieces. And now she's going to be able for the very first time to actually see this play in person. And I'm pretty excited about it because I've seen her and helped her rehearse this number for going on probably seven, eight years now. And uh, I've never seen the play. I know what it's about. And uh, it happens to be the closing weekend uh, for this play. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to go see. As a family. Wow, so, yeah, as a family. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm curious, too. So you're going to go see um, the Yankees in Houston. And, and, and you threw that out right away. I'm going to go to the Yankee game. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. See the Mets? Did you ever see the Mets? Which no. is actually uh, Scott Sablaw's team. What? So you, you, you'd rather see the Yankees than the Mets. Is that what you're saying? 100%. You know the reason why? Okay, well, two reasons. Number one, the bonus is they're playing the Astros. Okay, so obviously you get to see Dusty. Yes. And, and so that that's, that's the priority. But... I will always take a Yankee game over a Mets game. I've never been to Shea Stadium. I've never been to, you know, that's where they used to play. And then, you know, whatever their city field is what they're calling it now because I've always enjoyed history. So Yankee Stadium over Shea Stadium over, you know, even the new Yankee Stadium over city field, I, I like history. So, um, that's, that's why, you know, for me, Yankee Stadium is, is a cut above going to see the Mets. More for the stadium and, and 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 for the team. Let's be honest. The Yankees not very good this year. Well, neither of the Mets are horrible, but you know the the Yankees are are better. You know, but I I like history, man. Wow, wow! I sure I sure hope that news doesn't get around uh, for for our, our friend Scott Savlov. I think uh, he understands. Just... I think Savlov will probably tell you and, and me too that hey, you know, his team stinks. There, there's nothing to watch. And uh, you know, wow. and the Mets aren't in town. You know, when I'm there, the Mets aren't in town. I'm only there for three days. Okay, okay. No, I'm I'm, I'm just curious why you're a little more of a uh, uh, Yankees and Mets. Well, and, uh, hold on. Let me say this. I'll add this. If I was going and the Yankees were on the road and the Mets were at home, I probably would go because I've never seen a Mets game before back there. So I, I'm down for experiencing it. No doubt. Never. You've never seen a Mets game in New York. I haven't. No, no. Seen plenty of Yankee games. But uh, again, wow. you know, to me, prior. Oh, okay. Now you can relate to this, I hope. When I go to Chicago, okay, how many times have I seen a game at Comiskey Park or White Sox Park or whatever the heck they're calling it now? The answer is zero. I went to Chicago wow. last week, as you know, Wrigley Field, boom. I'm a Cubs guy. I'm a North Side guy. I'm a Cubs guy. Holy cow. I had no desire. I've driven by uh, that South Side Park, but Wrigley versus White Sox, no comparison. You lived in Chicago for many years. Wouldn't you agree with that? No. <laughs> no. Um, but see, you were you neither know, a fan, man. either one. You just played there and you lived there. You were never really a fan. But uh, give me sure the experience. Was. Give me you. you so you you've been to both ballparks. Give me give me your your experience at both ballparks. 
I just think that, uh, you know, going to a Cubs game is just very commercialized. It's just a lot of people, they want to be there, they want to hang out, they want to drink, for damn sure. And I may get an old White Sox fan. You remember, when I grew up, I loved two teams when I was a kid. I loved the A's, mm-hmm. the Oakland A's, yep. and I loved the White Sox. And that's what Dick Allen, um, Bucky Dent, Walt No Neck Williams, um, Wilbur Wood. Yes, knuckleball. Those guys, yeah. those guys, those guys had a great team, and and I I follow those guys. So yeah, I used to love the, uh, the the White Sox. So I was always intrigued by those guys. Uh, I wasn't intrigued by the Cubs, and frankly, nobody was until they finally won a championship. Finally, um, but uh, because uh, you know the Cubs, uh, the Cubs would always. Get fans, get a ton of people come in, and it didn't matter if they won or lost. Uh, it was it was a hangout session. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, no, I'm not into that. I mean, the teams trying to win, and uh, the White Sox have always had uh, uh, since I've been a fan of them uh, a history of that. So yeah, and also it, it didn't hurt that the uh, owner of the White Sox owned owned the Bulls. Yeah. So I'd always get great. Food. So I understand, and that makes sense. Okay, now that makes sense. It does. Okay, but from my perspective, I always love the Cubs, but I just you know again history, history, Wrigley Field. I mean, going to Wrigley Field, iconic. I wanted to make sure that I went to Fenway Park. That was a bucket list thing. So made sure I did that. Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium. I went uh, the year before they tore it down, and then when they built the new Yankee Stadium, I said, okay, next time I'm I'm in New York. And the and the Yankees are playing. I'm going to go because now I want to compare the two stadiums together. So yeah, for me, it's a territorial thing in Chicago. You know that, and it, I think it's that way in New York as well too. I mean, you're either a Yankees fan or you're a Mets fan or you're a Cubs fan or you're, or you're a White Sox fan. I get that, and really to a degree, really where we grew up. I mean, you were either an A's fan or a Giants fan. I mean, you know, maybe both, but really not so much. That's territorial. Yeah, yeah. Now we were. We were both, and and right now I'm I'm still both, even though um, one of the teams is getting out of dodge. But uh, yeah, I still I still take in uh, some A's games this year, uh, as as well as Giants, uh, and, and the A's Giants. I'm sorry, a uh, Giants. Yeah, A's game is uh, is always packed. It's really competitive. Uh, they're, they're they're fun games, so. I mean, I hope you're talking about you. Twenty years ago, it was packed. It hasn't been packed in a long time. No, last last well after right before COVID, it was. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 always had great games. There was. Uh, I oh. mean, it's not the same. It's not the same intensity as Giants Dodgers. No, I used to love uh, those A's games, man. Hey, I was at those A's playoff games back in the day, World Series games. I love that. I mean, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. All right, so here's what I need to know, okay? You're talking about me not being a New York guy. When you were drafted by the Knicks, okay, out of Elk Grove, Sacktown, USF, okay, granted, you were in the city there, but, I mean, come on. It took you a while to get acclimated. That would be shocking, but, again, you were drafted. You played, you played for them there. Uh, give me your, give me your th- thoughts. I'm going to New York city now. And I know that you still frequent there. You're not a total stranger. You got some good food spots for me. Look, New York city, in case you don't know, I have some of the best chefs and restaurants right? in the world. So to give you one or two recommendations. I want your, okay, uh, I want your spot. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go to a certain spot when people come to Vegas and go, hey, you know, I got same thing like New York City. I mean, I got over hundreds and hundreds and choices, thousands of choices. Where should I go? And I give them a spot, one or two spots of the different cuisine. Okay, you want Italian, you go here. You want steak, you go here. That's all I'm asking for you, man. Just give me one of your spots. You know what I like. Where should I go? You know the ambience I like. Oh. You know the food I like. Help me out. No, I can't. I can't help you. <laughs> I, I, I I have not been to New York City in four years. Four? So it's, it's, yeah. Okay. At least. That's me. Me too. But a lot of these places, as you know, they don't change. I mean, I guarantee you, the steakhouses or the restaurants you've been to, I bet, have been around for twenty, thirty, forty years, right? 
I'm sorry, Kim. Again, that I, I I can only help you with with the cities I've frequented uh, recently. Okay. So that is not one of them. I mean, if you want to come to San Francisco, we'll go over to Original Joe's, yeah. which the owner is a USF Don. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we were supposed to go there, weren't we? Great meal. Yeah, we, we were supposed yeah, to go there after the NCAA tournament. What happened? We were supposed to go. You didn't make the no, reservation. Coach K went. No, he took his whole team there. But we didn't go. We ended up having to go in the hood and get some late night pizza. You dropped the ball on that one. He tells me, we're going to go to Reginald Joe's. We're going to go to Reginald Joe's. Okay, good. Make sure you call and make a reservation. Hey, I got it. I got it. No worries. No worries. All of a sudden, we're driving there. It's like, hey, okay, we'll, we'll try to make a reservation. Um, sorry, sir. Uh, we're we're booked out tonight. Come on, man. Well, yeah, that's that's that happens sometimes. Yeah, I, I that's know. Why you gotta, uh, that's why you got to be versatile. Yeah. But next time you get down, we'll make sure you get there. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was good. Yeah. But no, we had some good food here in San Francisco. There's no question about that. All right. So New York City, he's got no food spots for me. You were there four years no. ago. You can't remember where where, where you ate at. I would, think, I, I, I would think you're going to stay, I'm assuming, at a hotel. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, they have people there called concierge. Ask them. They will select oh you. Hey, how about this? Let's run down. Concierge. Should we ask Bernard King? Can we do that? Truck Robinson? Can we ask those guys? Patrick? You want you, you want to you want to ask those guys for me? I, I think you know. I asked them, and we were in a three way conversation. They say, "Oh yeah, go to this place. Oh, go to this place." But one of my best friends can't even give me a place. I would I would beg you if you called any one of those guys who don't live in New York City, right? They would tell you the same thing. Call the concierge and ask them. They're at your hotel now. Uh, a guy you could call is uh, the guys who are there. Walt Fraser's there. Yeah, there Earl Monroe. Yeah, okay. Butch Beard. Butch Beard. I talked to Butch Beard just last year. He's there. He's up in Harlem. There you go. I'm sure they, I'm sure they, they can direct you. But uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not going to give you faulty information. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell it to you straight. And uh, looks like looks like you're on your own. Well, you can, you can text Butch and say, hey, my, my, my buddy's coming to town. Uh, where, where should he go eat at? And Butch will say, oh, I go there. Or the Pearl. Or Clyde. You know, yeah. They will tell you to walk outside. They have the greatest restaurants in, in the world. All right. I'm gonna be, I'm on my own. I, I recon. I, do, I usually do a pretty good job of finding my good restaurant. So I'll, I'll be posting. How's everybody over you can, I don't know. Either that, if, you need, if, you, if you need help, call your daughter up. She she'll help you. Yeah, she's on it. I, I got spots. I got I, I I got people. All right, I got people. Hey, how about our mutual acquaintance, uh, or your buddy Cohen? Should I call him? He'll he'll give me a spot. And then again, it'll take him uh, twenty minutes to give me the spot, though. He'll keep going, keep talking. Yeah, he'll do it. He <laughs> can absolutely do it. I just remembered that. Yeah, there's this little yeah. spot that I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have an audio clip from the from the place. You do? Yeah. Okay, Nupchuck. Never been to New York, but he's going to give me a spot. Okay, let's hear it. No soup for you. <laughs> soup. Great place for soup. Soup Nazi. Great state. Yeah, but is that a real place? I'm sure it is. You, you think? It was television, you know. A lot of times they're not real places. Like, sometimes, most of the time, they film that in Los Angeles. Did you know that, Seinfeld? I they know. Film? Yeah. I know. Yeah. But that actually, the outside of that restaurant is actually a restaurant, right? How about a Chinese restaurant? You got a spot? Chinese. Cartwright. 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 He yelled Cartwright. I missed that. Who's Cartwright? I'm Cartwright. You're not Cartwright. Of course I'm not. There you go. They found a Chinese restaurant. You're, you're a regular at that place. Larry David wrote you in the script. I still love that. And you were unaware of that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go, man. All right. Hey, you brought up some nicknames, man. You know, I, I heard um, some guys today 
And they were talking about greatest NBA nicknames. All right. And um I think I think you should give me your top two or three NBA players' nicknames of all time. What do you think? NBA nicknames. Yeah, player nicknames. Wow. Yeah. You know that that I think that would take some thought. Well, I mean, for me, it, for for me, okay. I mean, come on. I mean, you know the league. You follow it. Uh, you know whether you were as growing up or playing the league, friends, coach, whatever. You know, we, there's some great NBA nicknames. Uh, you know, come on. I mean, for me, Earl the Pearl. There's no question. Earl the Pearl Moreau, one of my favorite players. Doctor J. I mean, Julius Irving. I mean, those are classic. NBA nicknames. The Iceman. The Iceman for me. I just I just rattled off probably my top three. So I don't think it's that hard. What what do you got? And, and these guys even mentioned you on this show today. They actually even mentioned you. But we won't talk about that. But go ahead. Give give me a name. Wow. Yeah. It, a wow, that's well look, most guys when they think about nicknames to me, it's like uh bad news barns. There that's like a good that. one. See? That's a good one. That's a good one. But well that's probably for a negative connotation, right? Marvin Bad News Barnes, or is I mean, everyone would, would say that. Was that positive or negative? Um I think it was more just more who it was. Okay. I mean, man, there you go. He's a tough guy, but you know, he beat for some something could happen. That's 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 all I'm saying. So um you know, probably you know, probably the greatest nickname was probably Dipper. Oh, the big dipper. That's yeah. Now we you're talking about Wilt, right? So but a lot of people would say Wilt the Stilt, right? They'd say that or they'd say the Big Dipper, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you feel about magic? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, well, that's right up there." Irvin Magic Johnson. Did you were you a fan of magic or not? Of course, everybody's magic, but but some guys have nicknames that are not you know are not real. It's like being a rapper. It's like Doc Rivers. Correct. You know where that came from, right? No, well, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it actually came from Dr. J because he was a Dr. J fan. So he kind of like, uh, and he had big hands like Dr. J. So I think somebody way back in the day said, oh, okay, well, you know, let's call him Doc. And uh, yeah, he, he kind of clinged onto that. I think because of his size of his hands, the way he would handle a basketball like that, he was kind of had big hands for his size. But yeah, he was, he was a big Dr. J fan. And something, so they, oh, we're going to call you Doc for short, even though he was nowhere near the player. But that's where that came from. Wow. So you could steal somebody else's nickname. Yeah, right? Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan. Of, that's why that would not make my list. Okay. So let me ask you this. Why, why Clyde? And you referenced Clyde. This is what you know, we brought it up here. That's what made me think about it. Walt Frazier. Why, why Clyde? I, I I do not know the backstory, and I just know that his nickname was 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 Clyde. And was that his middle name by any uh, chance? I, I I I do not know. Yeah, yeah. How about okay? One for me. How about Doctor Duncanstein? I like that one. Um, you remember who that was, sure. right? You remember who that was? Was that um, was that Darnell? No, that was actually Daryl Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Well, who was, who was uh, Darnell? What was his nickname? Yeah, Darnell. Um, what was his nickname? It was it was something off. Oh, that was uh, what I think he used Doctor Dunk. I think that's what they called him, Doctor Dunk. That's what yeah we call. Him. But then again, you're, you're you're taking the doctor out of it. But yeah, Doctor Dunk. Uh, yeah, don't you have, don't don't you have to have some kind of degree? Advanced degree to be a doctor. Let's get to that. Well, listen. Let's get to talk about Julius. Okay, why? Why? Why did Julius get the name the doctor? Why? Because the way he operated, he was like surgeon-like. That's where that came from. 
He said, oh, man, he's operating like a doctor, and somebody ran with that. That's where that came from. But I think you're thinking a little bit too literal. You know what I mean? You're going, no, you're going no, pretty deep. No, no. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think that, you know, you could just, you know, like, hey, doctor, doctor, <laughs> doctor. Unless, of course, you know, you, you know, somebody like you is going to say I'm a doctor. Well, no, I'm the doctor, so that's different, you know. <laughs> you haven't given me one. I've given you like six. Give me one that you that, that you that you like. I, well, you did give me one. one. You Dipper. did. You did. You get the dipper. You got another one. I want your top your top five. Is it is it is it, is it dipper enough? <laughs> For you, for you, you know what? For you, the minimum is always enough. It's always the minimum for you. I'm, 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 I'm giving you the best. There's only one dipper. There's one dipper forever. Hey, let me somebody, ask you this. Let me ask you this. Guy. Here you go. What did you call your teammate? All right. What did you call your teammate? I don't think you called him Air, did you? What'd you call him? Did you call him MJ? Did you call him Mike? Did you call him Michael? Did you call him 23? What'd you, what'd you call him? No, his, his big name on the team was Black Cat. It was Black Cat? Black Cat. Oh, is that right? And why was that? Where'd that come know. from? I didn't get to him. I have no idea. But that's that's what they like to call him, Black Cat. And would he would he answer to that? Yeah, he was okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Pippin. I mean, he was Pip, right? They just call him Pip. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. How about how about, yeah. how about Bill Russell? He never had a nickname, did he? No one ever gave him a nickname. No, just Russ. Oh, Russ. Russ. Was enough. Hey, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't know. Some guys are nicknamed guys. You know, for your own kids. I mean, it, um. My my own kids don't even have nicknames. Yes, yeah, so you know, I'm a nickname, nickname guy. See, so you're not a nickname guy. You know, I don't get it. Big Bill. No. I mean, people always call you Big Bill. Yeah, people people are really confused, especially nowadays, about who I am. <laughs> they may think I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've been called everything from. Joe uh, um, uh, Walton. Uh, this one guy called me. This one guy called me Bill Whittington. Bill Whittington. Stop it! Stop it! Will Purdue. Yeah. yeah. So just you know, because you're, you're Bill, you can you can be any Bill. You can be Bill Gates. You're you're a Bill. No. And that's not it. You know, years ago, uh, I was at a I was I was at a, a, a boxing event, and Howard Cosell was there. Yeah. And I walked over to him, and he, he, he actually recognized me, called me over. He said, hey, come here, Seth. Seth, come here. So I walked over. I was like, what are you calling me Seth for? He goes, oh, wait, whoa. He said, Seth, Seth Carter, that's an old uh, <laughs> old football player. So, yeah. Oh. yeah. So nobody gets my name right. I bet, man. That's too funny. All right, man. The big seven-footer. That's what I call you. There you go. All right, man. Uh, we will let you go. Uh, enjoy your weekend. All right? I'll 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 be enjoying mine. Uh, I'll make make a point not to uh, call you for, for any restaurant recommendations while I'm in New York City. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. If you need some, I, I can get you some. There you go. If, if, it's good. It's good to have choices. You know, when I went to Chicago last week, Basio was all over it, man. He said, "You go here, you go here," and, and I went to one of his recommendations, and I shared with you that. You know, that was uh, that was good stuff, man. That uh, Chicago cut, fantastic. All right, yeah. I got I, I, I got to get my I got to get my Broadway mode right now, Bill. So there we go. I got to I got to get Broadway ready. Looking forward to it. Well, make sure you can wear at least a, a, a jacket or something. I don't want you walking in there with just a t-shirt and a, a baseball. Uh, yeah, you gotta dress no. up. I, I know how to. I know how to dress. Thank you. Thank you very much, my friend. The big, Austin La Vista, baby. All right, man. The big seven footer.
Not coming with any restaurant recommendations. And kind of weak with uh, some of the nicknames. There you go. Scott Spritzer. He'll come strong. Okay, he'll give us nicknames and even some winners as well. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, 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 in. All right, we continue on here. What what an eclectic uh, choice of songs that we've had today, huh? We go from great Pet Shop Boys to Foster the People. This is one I'm jealous of Scott about, though. I'll tell I'll tell you that right now. Well, I'm telling you, Scott Spritzer knows he's smashing pumpkins. You know, whether it's Halloween or music. Oh, wasn't that a good one? I don't know. Scott Spritzer, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, man? Just kick it back, get ready for a little Hall of Fame action tonight. So, okay, before we get into that, I mean, I know you're a big uh, Smashing Pumpkins guy. And uh, so, uh, the pumpkins, uh, they still have it? How'd they look? Man, How'd they sound? It was the best show I've seen in 20 years. Wow. Wow. Uh, Just incredible. Sounded better. I last saw them in 1994 when Lollapalooza made a, a stop in Vegas and Smashing Pumpkins were the headliners, and they blew away that show, and that was a good show back then. So I don't know if it's because it's the start of the second leg of this tour or whatever. They've been off for a few months, but, man, they just they, they rocked the place. Best show I've seen in 20 years. Uh, they were here, what, two out of three nights. Almost went back the second time, but had some things I had to get done. Couldn't go back. Adulthood stinks sometimes. And, um, and so, yeah, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine posted it because they were here for about a week before the, their first show, and they talked about it a little bit during the concert. And uh, sounds like Billy Corgan and the, one of the guitarists, James Eha, are uh, Vegas fans. And, and one of my good friends was trying to start a rumor about a potential residency after this tour is over, and I'm all for it. I'll probably be down there about twice a, a month if that happens. Awesome stuff, man. Good, good. Glad you enjoyed it. That's uh, that's great. Wow, that's a bold statement, though, because I know you go to a lot of concerts. Say that's uh, the best in the last 20 years. That's that's a statement, man. And a lot of different genres. You know me, I like it all. Yeah. And, um, you know, from classical to symphonies to punk rock to emo to hard rock, R&B, all in, everything in between. And uh, it blew them all away. I just I walked out of there going, "Holy cow, that was a great show!" All right, you brought it up, and we talked about a little bit earlier that uh, here we are, August third, and we have the Hall of Fame game here tonight. Uh, don't you feel a little? It's a little early for for preseason f- football, Scott. I mean, it kind of snuck up on us a little bit here. Well, if I can be honest and candid with you, I'm I'm one of those rare betters and cappers who wouldn't mind six months of summer and, you know, maybe two months of winter and maybe a, I don't know, four months of fall or something. Yeah. I'm not ready for the summer to end, and I never am. Right. Every year, uh, the pool is still there. It's still hot enough out to use the pool. There are trips that I haven't made that I want to make yet this summer, and then we got to get ready for football. So I would love to put it off at least another month, but here we are. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's like it, and it does feel like it's at least, you know, to be, uh, I guess more on point of, you've got to start sometime. It still feels like it's about a week early, doesn't it though? I mean, shouldn't the hall of fame game be around the 10th and then we go from there, but, uh, but here we are and TC, I don't get involved with the hall of fame game too often. It's, it's more often over the years been a a pass for me, but I am involved tonight and can tell you why when you're ready. I am ready because we talked about this earlier and I didn't, you know, I know that there is always that adage where, you know, that people say, well, you know, sharp handicappers love the preseason. You can make money in the preseason. And, and, and I get that. But, uh, this Hall of Fame game, I'm looking at, okay, well, we got no Deshaun Watson, right? Uh, right. Probably no Aaron Rodgers. And there, there, there's not going to be a whole le- heck of a lot of starters they're going to play because you're not going to risk that because sure, these guys came to camp maybe a week earlier than say everyone else did. And the Raiders in practice, what number eight right now, but it still seems a little bit too soon, a little bit too risky to, 
to send guys out there. So tell me, how do you handicap this game? Well, first of all, just about preseason in general, I was uh, really disappointed with a game being cut back, you know, last year, now this year, and of course moving forward yeah. with the 17th regular season game. So before last year, I would generally have at least a dozen preseason bets. And, you know, I think last year I ended up with like six. And I, I imagine I'm probably going to have somewhere between five and eight this year because I don't like the shortening of the weeks. What it did is it took away week two from me. And I know a lot of guys like to jump in in week three, but week three is when most of the teams are going through their dress rehearsal. I like week two in the past up until last year because you would have a coach potentially maybe two or three games off the week two slate where a coach would say, okay, well, I'm going to, this is going to be our dress rehearsal, so to speak. We're going to play the starters through the first half, maybe the first series of the second half, and they'd be matched up against a coach who was like, we don't care about week two. We're doing our dress rehearsal in week three. So week two was a big week for me. It's gone. It's done, it looks like. Um, but why I like this particular game, you know, first of all, when it comes to preseason football, two of the most important keys uh, to, to betting are, first of all, finding out which team cares about winning just because they're keeping score. And then after that, the quarterback rotation, not a regular season rotation, but the preseason rotation. So the Jets have Robert Sala at head coach, 5-0-1 in preseason as the coach of the Jets. Uh, his team has the better preseason quarterback rotation. As you mentioned, no Aaron Rodgers for the Jets, no Deshaun Watson uh, for the Browns. But the Jets are going to start Zach Wilson. And, you know, you can find a lot of fault with his game, but he's a legit NFL starter or has been. And he's probably going to be decent against backups for Cleveland while he is in the game. He's going to be followed by Tim Boyle and Chris Strebler. And if you remember over the years, and it's been at least a decade ago, Cleo Lemon had a couple of really good preseasons at quarterback. Most recently, it was Kyle Sloter who played for the Vikings, played for a few other teams. They were Mr. August, especially Sloter. I mean, this guy could not miss a pass in the preseason play. Well, the Jets may have that in Chris Drebler. Last year, the guy went nuts. He threw for 348 yards in limited playing time over three games, and he threw for five touchdown passes, and he can move his feet. Well, he's going to be in that mix. It'll be Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, Chris Drebler, and Strebler and Boyle fighting for a spot. So he might be our next Mr. August that never sees action in a regular season game, but we bet on him in August. And then the Browns uh, with no uh, Deshaun Watson are going to go with Kellen Mond and then things uh, and then hand things over to a DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA, who's going to get his feet wet at an NFL level, albeit against reserves. So I think there's an advantage at quarterback for the Jets tonight. There's an advantage under the headset with Robert Sala, who again is 5-0-1 in preseason play. And you don't go nuts with these plays, and there's normally limited action where you bet. And uh, But, you know, for a few bucks, I've got the Jets, and I, I laid one and a half. It's two everywhere now. I see one book still at one and a half in Las Vegas, and then uh, a couple of two and a halves have popped up throughout the course of the day, but it, it doesn't really get there in most books. It's basically two with a total of 33 and a half. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to play this game, uh, you, you play it for the reasons that you just said. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And you go, if you just go by what these guys did in college, well, I'm not a fan of any of those quarterbacks that you rattled off for the Cleveland Browns and what they did in college. And I know that uh, DTR, you know, had some upside, you know, in, in, in his final year, but usually in big time games, uh, you know, he wasn't all that, but yeah. And I think the, the key is, what you're used to as far as, you know, a head coach and what you want to try to portray. So Salah has a good record. I mean, you know, we, we have seen teams like that, uh, uh, in preseason that, that take uh, these things pretty seriously. These head coaches and like, Hey, we want to start building a culture of winning. Uh, even though they're going to test all their guys and they want to, uh, check everybody out. But they're just not going to sit there and say, okay, this is a scrimmage. There are coaches that are, you know, they preach that. And I think that that's what you have to do if you're going to, you know, bet preseason football. And I think you've rattled off a couple, you know, great cases in the past, whether they're quarterbacks or they're coaches. Yeah, and John Harbaugh, I mean, he's won 23 in a is. row preseason games. He's covered 19 of those. Yeah. Now you're going to have to lay, uh, normally when it comes to preseason football, you are going to have to lay a premium because he's 23 and 0 and 19 and 4 against the spread. And the books know they're going to get hit with Ravens money. But, you know, it's funny. I was listening to, 
a show, I think it was earlier today or yesterday or whatever, and they're saying, well, you know, be very careful of betting on Baltimore because you have to lay the premium. It's been that way for a few years now. Right. He's won 23 in a row. He's 19-4. and four. Uh, So you either continue to and, – and for me, I've been on uh, Harbaugh in preseason play for a few years now, so I'll give him another shot. You know, he's got to beat me. I've got to lose with Harbaugh two times in a row before I jump off of a 23-0 and 19-4 and spread run and, and look to bet the other way or stay away from their game. So, you know, again, there are coaches out there. There are uh, a few teams that have great preseason quarterback rotations, uh, guys who are fighting even for the number one in a couple of the cases. But generally speaking, you get a couple of the quarterbacks who are going to see a lot of time who are fighting for that number two spot. Yeah, that's what I like to jump in. Yeah. Uh, in general, Scott, you know, we know that the, we see short lines like this. It's two, it's three. And sure, like you said, you're going to pay uh, the premium uh, if you're betting on Baltimore. I remember, I think we saw what a, a, some sixes and some sevens with Baltimore. Uh, in that situation, but I guess if you look at it like, well, wait a minute, that's just really like one score, and you would never think like that, you know, during the course of a regular season game. Like, oh my God, like you're going to say, there's tons of value there because you know you got maybe a four point difference, but in preseason, maybe I don't know, maybe you think a little bit different. Yeah, you know, all the lines in preseason are basically no higher than three. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mostly basically pick them up to two and a half for the most part. I'm looking at the lines for next week. You've got uh, Thursday night. Two games, guess what the biggest line is? Two and a half. You know, Friday, August 11th, you've got uh, five games, biggest line, two and a half. The first time we see anything above that is Saturday, August 12th, Baltimore lane, three and a half. All other, the other four games on that Saturday are all two and a half or smaller. So, yeah, it's, it's with Baltimore, you're going to lay a premium and you just got to decide. You know, again, if I hadn't jumped on the bandwagon a few seasons ago, pre-seasons ago, and been, you know, making money off of Baltimore, I'm not jumping in now. But again, I've got a lot of room playing with house money to where he's got to beat me twice in a row before I jump off that ship. As far as you know, NFL futures on a team that will win the Super Bowl, have you already made up your mind what you're doing with that? Or do you take some of these preseason games and say, okay, let me just kind of see what the vibe of this team is. And especially, you know, watching a few series, you know, with the starters, you know, coming up here in a few weeks. Is that when you go make the play for futures? Or like I said, are you already done with it? I've already made a few, uh, as far as over-unders are concerned. I've got about five or six. I've got an over-under on uh, one particular player and a player prop so far, which I'll have more later on. But uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, goes over a 1,000 and a half receiving yards. So I did jump on that a few weeks ago. And, uh, again, four or five, I think it's six now as I'm looking at my, my tickets as far as the uh, – over under is concerned on team on wins totals for teams, but I I won't make a I will probably have one or two Super Bowl bets, and I'll save it for uh, next week when we talk again because there's one that I don't want to say yet because I haven't fully decided to jump in. Right. I'll just say this: they are higher than twenty five to one right now. Okay, and <laughs> and we can talk about it next week because I want to make sure I'm going to do it before. I say I'm doing it, and then I decide for some last-second reason that I don't. But a little tease for next week, uh, TC. But it is a number that's greater than 25 to 1. Wow. Good stuff there. Scott Spritzer joins us. DocSports.com. You go there, subscribe to uh, Scott's Plays. It doesn't uh, matter the sport. My man is all over it. Let's talk a little baseball here. As uh, we are now here in August, uh, we have some serious pennant races, maybe more pennant races than we we've been used to over the last uh, few seasons and uh tell me what uh what you've been betting and who you're looking at here especially coming up this weekend yeah i had a really good month of june and then i had a really good month of july until like the last five days of july i went like one and five and now we're in august and we're i've had one play each of the first two days going into today we won both of those games so happy about that after finish up finishing up july with a couple of tough ones but yeah, I mean, I'm looking around, and, you know, there's teams. I I was highly disappointed. I'm going to talk about them not just because I root for this team since I've been out west, but I was highly disappointed in the pitchers that the Angels landed. And I get what they're doing. I think they made the right choice by keeping Shohei instead of trading him away. Who wants to be the next Harry Frazee, right? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, great. They're going to do their best to keep him by showing that they're going to fight for a wild card spot. And they went out and they got it. But come on, Lucas Giolito, are you kidding me? He did nothing this year that I liked for the most part. And what does he do the first couple of times he goes out on the mound for the Angels? He gets whacked. He gets whacked last night. 
that I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's not, I mean, if that's the pitcher I'm going to go after, I'll just pass. I won't, I won't uh, trade for a pitcher if that's the guy. Now, I know you could say, well, he faced the, uh, the Atlanta Braves, and, you know, it's tough facing the Braves. And before that, his first start was on the road against Toronto. I get it. Two good hitting teams, especially Atlanta, in their home park. I'm not a fan of Giolito. I'll probably look to play against him on, uh, I think his next start is Tuesday against San Francisco and Anaheim, and he's going to go against Webb. And I just, I, I don't like the guy at all. So I thought two of their, their pitchers that they went after uh, were negative instead of positive. We've already seen one of them struggle. Uh, it's not like they went out and got Justin Verlander, like a team that I know that you're a fan of, uh, which was a great move. And there was rumors that he was going to go to Texas too before the Scherzer stuff. And I'm thinking, man, this is the landing spot for Justin Verlander going to Houston. And, you know, he's just so familiar with the surroundings, just won a World Series, all that kind of stuff. This team's starting to come around. Didn't play him today, TC, but I played him a couple of times of late. They've won, what, three in a row? I think this is going to be a play-on team for the rest of the regular season. No, I agree with you. You know, when you look at uh... – uh, you know, like we'll use Flaherty as an example. Okay. So like, I don't think, you know, if Flaherty would have gone to the Astros, you know, it, it really wouldn't have done much for them. The Astros needed that number one guy and that number one guy being a guy who, you know, won two world series and, 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 and a couple Cy Youngs with your team to come back. I mean, what a boost and a shot in the arm for the Astros. But, you know, Giolito, I'm with you all the way. Never cared for Giolito. I got a chance to see him a lot in Washington. Then he goes to Chicago. Not much, but. And of course, he throws that that no hitter. But then he has scaled back. I mean, he's not that guy that hey, he's going to take us over the hump. I don't think Flaherty is that guy. I don't think Jordan Montgomery is that guy either. Heck, I was at Wrigley Field last week and saw Jordan Montgomery, you know, get lit up like a Christmas tree. Next thing you know, hey, you know, this this is going to be the guy that's going to you know help this next team to get to the playoffs. Yeah, it, I'm with you. And those pitchers we just we just talked about. I, I just don't see that as being guys that, you know, that your fan base and, and your clubhouse is going to get excited about because you joined. I think Flaherty is going to be okay, but he's got to stay healthy, right? I mean, right. you know, up until this year, well, the start of this year, he was having a problem with the Redbirds, but he had so many, he's had so many injuries throughout his career thus far. Now, I know he went out today, he pitched well, uh, got the win for his team today, but I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, the problem with Flaherty, if he can stay healthy, Baltimore, Camden Yards, is not the you know hitter's ballpark that we grew used to uh, the first decade that it was around. So it's not something that he has to fear going in there. It's just that injury issue. Montgomery's kind of like Giolito to a certain extent. Uh, as you mentioned, Giolito was never anything special, was almost out of the league. All of a sudden he has like one good season with the Sox, with the White Sox, and, and next thing you know he's on everybody's radar screen, but he hasn't been that great this year. And then as far as Montgomery's concerned, the reason I said kind of like uh, what we see out of Giolito is Montgomery's had like one good run, you know, and it was really before he got to St. Louis, you know. So he's had one good run, and it's a situation where I didn't think I would go after him. I did think, boy, if I'm in the running, I would give Flaherty a chance. But I uh, completely agree with you that he's not going to mean as much to Houston as he can potentially mean to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, going out and getting Verlander was great. I, I got to say something. I did say that I didn't play on Houston tonight. I, I did give out a free opinion going against Christian Javier tonight and couldn't really pull the trigger on an actual play and just made it a free opinion. And, uh, you know, because we've got Houston, who's playing great baseball right now, uh, as opposed to, you know, going up against the New York Yankees. And the bottom line, though, is I didn't like what Javier's done on the road, TC, and yeah. maybe he's going to turn it around. And, you know, the one thing about Clark Schmidt, I mean, his ERA at home is around four, so it's not, you know, fantastic. But he keeps his team in games and gives them a chance to win. And I believe they've won, like, it's either five and one the last six or six and one the last seven when Schmidt's on the mound. Don't trust the Yankee lineup a whole lot, but I do have an opinion on, uh, on New York tonight. It's based for the most part, on the fact that the Yankees win when Schmidt pitches, and Javier's been struggling on the road for the Strohs. Yeah, um, I, I looked at that myself, and the one thing with Schmidt, I mean, he's going to give up. You know, it seems like every outing, he'll go five innings, he'll give up you know, three runs, maybe a couple outings, two runs, uh, but he's never going to have like that lights out, you know, performance, I think, you know. So, and again, we don't know, you know, what the Yankees, what that mindset is. I know that, uh, 
Yankee fans and even players on that team wanted them to do a little bit more at the trade deadline, and they really didn't. You know, Rizzo, for me, I mean, he has continued to struggle. I liked the Yankees yesterday, and I was kind of kicking myself because I was going to play them. I figured, you know, I like Cole, and I love pitchers, as you know, you and I have talked about this before, who are kind of like hard luck losers the time before, and that's what happened to Garrett Cole in his last start. And, uh, you know, even though they got behind 2 nothing last night at Tampa Bay, uh, the Yankees came back and Cole was, was very, very good. So yeah, tough, tough game, uh, you know, for, for, to, to see with that tonight. And you talk about, you know, these other pitchers. I mean, Michael Lorenzen with the Phillies, he went eight innings today. I'm not sure, you know, how good he will be, you know, the rest of the season. And Max Scherzer, you know, really started off very, very slow. Um, the Rangers got the win, you know, today. Uh, but uh, but Scherzer kind of got lit up in those first three innings. It's going to be tough for Scherzer, I think, in that ballpark. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, the guy, you know, a guy like Verlander still has it at his age. I've just seen too many chinks in the armor for Scherzer, and yeah. we've seen him struggling with the pitch clock, you know, since day one this season, and it's bothered him. So anyway, but yeah. I, I do like your Strohs, man. Maybe not tonight. Not yep. going to jump on him or against him other than that opinion, but I think the Strohs are a play-on team. Going to be that way for a while now. Yeah. All right, Scott. appreciate the time as always, man. Good luck with, uh, with the Jets tonight. We'll be keeping a close eye on that and then the rest of your baseball over the weekend, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. All right, you guys take care, man. Thanks, TC. There he is, brother. There he is, Scott Spritzer. All right, I want to thank the big seven-footer for joining us today, Big Bill Cartwright, Paul Buck Power Stewart as well from across the pond. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. All right, I shall return to the airwaves next Thursday. All right, so again, shout-out to uh, Brian Feldman Chris Wynn. They will be handling things over at the... Westgate tomorrow at the Superbook. My man Nick Nice over there as well, too. So uh, make sure that you listen to the show. Go on out there and uh, get some action in, too, and get ready for the Super Contest. That's right. Pull the trigger. Yet till September the 9th to join Las Vegas's most prestigious handicapping contest at the Westgate Las Vegas. $1,000 entry fee, five games against uh, the spread on the NFL side each and every week. Win the big cash there. And also the Super Contest Gold. Five grand winner take all as well. All right. Uh, and again, Jose Vellante will be in next week as well, too. And uh, Brian Feldman. Uh, see win next week. So I appreciate all of those guys. Numbchuck, you behave yourself, man. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never, never, never. Have a good one. Enjoy. We'll talk to you next week as we get ready to go on the road. The Aces and the big game coming up on Sunday. Make sure you check that out. The Aces and the Liberty on Sunday, the game of the year, no question about it. And they'll meet two more times after this one at home and one away. And then we're off to Dallas on Tuesday. I'll be back at you on Thursday. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend.